Dr. Luis Sandoval is accomplished in the fields of mental health and spiritual warfare. A medical doctor, board certified in neurology, psychiatry, and family medicine, he is also a psychiatrist for the Roman Catholic Diocese of Orange, Ministry of Healing and Deliverance. Now, Dr. Luis Sandoval. All right. Well, welcome to Virgin Most Powerful Radio. We are here on a beautiful Thursday afternoon with my good friend Cameron Brewer. I'm so excited to have you on board, Cameron. Are you on, are you there? Can you hear us? Hello. Hey, there you are, Cameron. There can we hear go. you, man. Yeah. Can you hear me? Okay. Absolutely. All right. Well, welcome to the show. For all of our listeners, we have a special treat today. Cameron Brewer, good guy. Um, guy I met at church over at Annunciation Catholic Church. Uh, in Anaheim. It's a Byzantine Catholic Church, one of our Eastern Rites. Um, and we get to have him on to our show today so he can actually talk to us about how do we fight that Catholic spirit coming in the new year. Uh, we're going to talk, we're going to get to know Cameron a little bit here for our viewers who might not know him. But just like we do at the top of the noon hour every show, let's start with the Angelus. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. The angel of the Lord declared unto Mary, and she conceived of the Holy Spirit. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Behold the handmaid of the Lord, be it done unto me according to thy word. O Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. And the word was made flesh, and dwelt among us. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Pray for us, O Holy Mother of God, that we may be made worthy of the promises of Christ. Let us pray. Pour forth, we beseech thee, O Lord, thy grace into our hearts, that we, to whom the incarnation of Christ thy Son was made known by the message of an angel, may by his passion and cross be brought to the glory of his resurrection, through the same Christ our Lord. Amen. St. Michael, the archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl around the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. All right, listeners. Well, we're going to bring in the new year this weekend, and we have a live show today here with Cameron. And one of the things I was thinking about is, you know, we do a lot of shows on New Year's resolutions, and I do want to do a show on that coming up um, here in the future, um, especially as we get into the new year. It's always fun to hear how people are doing, what their resolutions are, and kind of what kind of what we hope for in our lives as the new year comes up. But today I wanted to think a little bit, I was thinking about this a little bit, and I was talking to my wife, and, um, and I said, you know, for the new year... It feels sometimes like we have to fight for our faith. We have to fight for different things in our lives. But people are afraid of the idea of any kind of fighting, any kind of um, battle, of engaging, because they think that violence is bad or that all of a sudden that makes them a violent person. And the reason I I wanted to have Cameron on here is because Cameron is accomplished in different ways. Um, And Cameron understands the fighting spirit, the warrior spirit of Catholics in different ways, not just in a spiritual way, but in a very real physical way. Um, And hopefully he'll enlighten us as to what that means. The first thing I want to say is, Cameron, so you, were you born into the Eastern Rite? Were you baptized into the Eastern Rite of the Catholic faith? No, actually, um, I wasn't. Uh, originally, my father is from uh, Ukraine, uh, and he immigrated here and began in the Roman Rite. He, uh, that, that was all that was available at the time for him. And so that kind of perpetuated through my family. And now, 
we found enunciation, which is a really big part of life now. And I'm moving from the Roman right back to my traditional roots and understanding the way my grandfather and my mother was raised. And that's the way that um, I have felt a deep connection, you know, with the, with the iconography, with the, with the liturgy of St. John Chrysostom. All of that has absolutely struck a chord in my heart and I, I feel it. And did you now was your dad raised Byzantine or what was he raised when he was in the Ukraine? Uh, my father's actually agnostic, so um, he's still uh, on the edge and, and all of that, and uh, we're still praying for his conversion and, and working really hard um, uh, to work to his, to his conversion, trying to get him in as much as possible. But we can work with that, right? And that's interesting that you mentioned that, because we're going to talk about that a little bit in the show. How does the, the warrior spirit of the Catholic, how does that play into the role when we do uh, have friends, family members, parents? who might be agnostic, even though we feel this deep connection to our Lord in the Eucharist, in our faith, and how we live our lives. Um, and like you mentioned, in the beauty of, this, of the liturgy of St. John Chrysostom, I mean, all these things are, are wonderful. And so you were brought up here, you were brought up Catholic, and currently, what do you do, Cameron? You, you are involved in, and I'm going to butcher it so that you can fix it on purpose, okay? So you do karate, taekwondo. What is it that you do, Cameron? Yeah, so for martial arts-wise, uh, my dad was in the military, so we kind of moved all around the world. With that, I haven't been able to uh, really stay at one martial art or one gym for very long. So I authentically learned mixed martial arts by literally training in karate for a few years, training in jujitsu, training in uh, Muay Thai, training in Taekwondo, training in all of these different arts authentically and individually. And I got to the end of my, well, end of my childhood pretty much turning 16, 17, and I have a deep passion for martial arts, and I always wanted to compete and, and get uh, to a higher level. And the problem was is, you know, I never spent too much time in one art, so I couldn't go to the Olympics for karate, even though I wanted to, and, and I was training with Olympians at the time. And I couldn't, I didn't have enough uh, time for competing in Kung Fu, like going to China and competing in their Sanda competitions. So I figured I've learned everything to some degree and I'll put it together all into the cage. And so at the age of about 15, 16, I entered into our youth uh, MMA league, which is uh, cage fighting, but without head contact. So strikes standing, strikes on the ground, wrestling, jujitsu, all of it combined. And I stayed in that for about until I turned 18. I retired with the championship belts in the 170 weight class and I became an adult and kept pursuing it in uh, the mixed martial arts competitions around the Southern California. So hang on, you, you came away with a championship belt in which, in which discipline? So for, um, for just overall cage fighting. So overall, uh, 170 okay. So like true, pounds. like you were saying. Yep, absolutely. Yes. Yeah, so, so you really are. The product, so sorry not to interrupt you, but this is so interesting. I want our listeners to understand this because I want them to understand what your talents are um, and what your experience is because you do have your own studio. Right. And so so we're going to talk about that in just a little bit. I want to hear about your studio that you have. But what I want our listeners to understand is if they come to your studio, you were trained. Now, all these guys who do MMA right now, you know, it's very popular in the UFC and MMA and all these things. Now, those guys go out and they seek everything that essentially you did. Absolutely. Right now, MMA has kind of become its own style. They teach MMA as 
you know, its own thing. Like you, everybody learns that wrestling and kickboxing and boxing all at once, while I think of it as more of individual pieces from the martial arts that you put together how you like it. So you have individual yeah. toolboxes. So this is important to know because you were doing MMA before MMA. Exactly. <laughs> I, it was funny, you know, chance. my uh, parents never let me watch anything violent. I was never watch, watched R-rated movies, never watched fighting. I never was allowed to watch boxing. And I actually had a couple fights in the cage before I was allowed to watch my first MMA fight. Really? So let's, yes. that's going to be very, very important. You know, with this fighting spirit, I know a lot of parents right now, uh, gosh, especially as kids have been quarantined and, and, you know, the last couple of years have been rough and how do we channel those energies? I want to hear about your studio real quick. Um, I want to hear about what's going on with that studio, what you're doing there. Um, uh, because you know, for our listeners, I want you to understand the reason, one of the reasons I had Cameron come on here is not only is he in mixed martial arts, very talented, um, and whatnot, but he comes from a, a Catholic root and he actually incorporates his Catholic faith into the martial arts training. Is that correct, Cameron? That's absolutely true. Uh, we do our best to incorporate ideas of leadership, of discipline, of self-restraint, all of those very important principles to the Catholic worldview and Catholic understanding. It sounds and even though uh, not all of our students, of course, are religious or Catholic or I'm still training the fundamentals, but beyond just martial arts itself, punching and kicking, I'm teaching them and forming them to be good people, good men, good women, and have having respect and having an understanding of tradition. It sounds like you're really, you know, what it sounds like to me is if I send my kid to the studio, it sounds like through these martial arts and whatnot, unbeknownst to them, they're actually learning about virtues. You know, it sounds like Absolutely. they're learning how to be prudent. It sounds like it sounds like they're learning how to have charity. It sounds like they're learning how to do all this through exercising their bodies. So the first thing I want to know is give me all your ranks because you've done so many different things. Tell me what kind of belts you have, what experience you have. Of course, yes. I have a black belt in Shotokan karate, uh, which is probably the main style of karate. I have my brown belt in another style of karate as well. I have my tan belt in Marine Corps martial arts. I was training with the, the Marines uh, in San Luis Obispo for a while. And I have my purple belt as well, moving on to my brown belt probably in the next couple months in jiu-jitsu. Uh, that takes a very long time, probably more than any other belt. It takes about 12, 12 years to get your black belt in wow. Brazilian jiu-jitsu. So it's a, it's a it's a commitment. We, we call our instructors professor because that's about a, the amount of time that it takes for them to. Uh, so not only are you teaching, but you're still training yourself. So you're, Absolutely, you're the master yes. teacher. <laughs> yes, of course. Right. You know, it's being we're a student of the game. We're, we're always just like we're witnesses. You know, we never learn the entirety of the Gospels or we never learn the entirety of the faith. But we still are te learning. We're still learning and we're just witnessing to others about about our martial arts and about our faith as well. So that's the way I You know, it. that is amazing. I hear the music coming on. Here's what we're going to do. Cameron's going to stay for us for the hour, so we're going to get a lot of talk on. Right now, it was great to introduce you to hear what your skills are, but I want to talk about your studio that's located right here in uh, Placentia, right? Yes. More yes, about that. When we come back from the break, I want to hear about where that studio is and how we can get people enrolled. All right, stick with us. We'll see you on the other side.
All right. Well, welcome back to Virgin Most Powerful Radio. You are listening to the Dr. Lee Sandoval Show. As always, so glad to have our listeners here with us on this Thursday. Or if you're listening to us on our podcast, always wonderful to have you. Or we talk on our show about our health, our mental health, our spiritual health, and our uh, physical health, as always. As Catholics, I always say we got to think like Catholics so that we can live like Catholics, so that we can be Catholics. And in today's show, Cameron, I have a great guest here, Cameron Brewer, who is helping us think like a Catholic and act like a Catholic. And he's doing it really through what I would call a ministry. A lot of people say, oh, you know, he's a martial arts guy, he's got a studio. I really think it's a ministry uh, that Cameron has in terms of teaching martial arts to kids through the values of his Catholic faith and how do we marry that? How do we make sense of, hey, how can you be Catholic and be a fighter? But you know what? I think that it's necessary. I think that we were built to be fighters as Catholics. And we're going to get a little bit more into that uh, and into those topics as the show goes on. But right now, what I want to uh, make sure our listeners understand is Cameron Cameron has his own martial arts studio uh, where he teaches mixed martial arts to kids, right? And you have different levels of class. So the first thing I want to know is, Cameron, you got this studio here in Placentia, California, just North Orange County. Is that right? Yes, North Orange County Martial Arts in Placentia. And that's what it's called. It's actually called North Orange County Martial Arts in Placentia. And if I wanted to enroll, I mean, and you said you take all ages, right? Not just kids. Yes. Yeah, we have uh, four to however old you are. Yes, absolutely. From four years old to however old you are, North Martial Arts in Orange County in Placentia. What uh, can I find you on a website? Is there a phone number we can call? Absolutely. Yeah. Our North Orange County Martial Arts dot com is our, our website. Uh, we're going to be opening this new location. Uh, we're moving from our old spot. So we're going to be having our grand opening ceremony starting in uh, January 8th. So January 8th, grand opening ceremony. What's your address out there? Our address is uh, 1521 North Placentia. Okay. And what I'm going to have uh, Cameron do is you're going to text me all that information and I'm going to put it on our podcast so that anybody who wants to go there, I'm going to put, I'm going to have all that information. Anybody can link in to our podcast and it'll be on there. It'll be North Orange County Martial Arts. I'll have the address. I'll have the phone number and the website. So if anybody's interested, uh, they can get their kids involved. They can get yourself involved. I'm going to try to see if I can make time for myself even to get down there and take a few sessions or something. Um, cause it's always fun and it's always good to learn. Um, now Cameron, um, when you started the studio, what was your thought process? Why did you decide? I mean, you were doing martial arts for a long time. You've, you're obviously very accomplished in multiple disciplines. What was your thought process behind saying, hey, I'm going to start this studio? Well, actually, I wasn't uh, the founding member of this studio. It was actually a dream come true because I started training for my MMA fights in, in this studio. I They helped me through a lot of my youth fights and, and into my adulthood. And I became an instructor there. I was working to help some of the kids' programs. And then one of the owners just had to retire. Mm-hmm. And so I worked in, I bought my way in, and now I'm uh, the part owner of this gym. And this gym's been around for about seven years now. So it's, and we have been pretty much bigger than we have ever been now that I've been in charge. That's pretty cool. And so what classes do you teach? Like, so to, um, for our, our viewers to understand this, um, you've got so many different disciplines. If I were to show up or if I were to go on your website, what am I going to find? Am I going to find that you're going to teach me everything that you know, or do I get to pick and choose, you know, as an adult, as a kid, what's going, what's the breakdown? Yeah. So for our kids, we have a tailored program that really focuses on their, uh, individual development in each of the, in each of the martial arts. We have our striking stripe, which represents our karate, our Muay Thai, our kickboxing, and then we have our wrestling stripe, so where you're going to learn your judo, ta- uh, judo throws, your wrestling, 
wrestling takedowns. And then we have our jujitsu, so self-defense from the ground, um, submissions, uh, controlling people on the ground. All of that's going to be what you're going to learn every single belt cycle. So every every belt system, you have to show proficiency in all the different styles and test and be actually be able to show it, not just learn the techniques, but apply it to sparring. That's pretty cool. And that's kids and adults is the same kind of process? Uh, it, for the adults, it's a little bit more uh, pick and choose. You know, we let the adults kind of choose whatever they want. And we have our, our striking and then we have our grappling. So whatever the, the adults would like to do. Very cool. And so tell me this. What do you feel? I mean, you obviously are devoting your life to this and that's pretty awesome. Um, what do you feel martial arts did for you? Like what kind of benefit did you find as a kid? Because like you said, your parents really, they, they didn't let you see any, uh, violent movie or what we consider violent movies or movies with fighting or anything like that. But yet you were exposed to this beforehand. What was your experience at? Did you feel like, Oh man, this is violent. I don't like it. Or what was your, you know, experience? Did you learn anything? Did it help you grow? What, what was that like for you? Well, this story is kind of, I would say, the, the basis of many of the, the great stories. Um, like GSP, George St. Pierre, he's one of the, the best UFC fighters. And he grew up, you know, getting bullied a lot and not really fitting in with the normal sports. I had some of the same problems with uh, growing up, being, you know, being homeschooled. And all of that was very difficult to, to get on the football team, getting on all of the different sports. And I would have problems with that. So I decided to focus on a more individual, uh, a more individual sport, something that I could kind of focus on myself. And if I lose, it's all on me. And that's something that I always liked. It's, I don't, I can't blame anybody else, but nobody else can really blame me because it's all on me. Whatever, whatever it is, it's a hundred percent. There's, I have coaches and stuff that are, that are telling me what to do from the sidelines, but Win or lose, you step into that cage, and that's a hundred percent on you. And that's important. That's, that's important to point out. Sorry to interrupt you, but you know, you know, when people when people hear that, they might not get the nuances of it. Really, what I'm hearing, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, it teaches you one self reliance, but two, really a sense of responsibility of like realizing that hey, it's up to me to learn these skills. I can have coaches who teach me, but unless I take this on myself unless I practice this, unless I decide to, you know, put time and effort into it. Or the other way would think would, would be to think about it as I'm going to get out of this, whatever time and effort I put into it, <clears throat> right? I'm going to prepare myself for this. And I can't really blame anybody else. All the material is there, but it's really up to me. I think that's a great discipline for kids to learn, which nowadays with social media, with everybody getting a trophy with, you know, all these things. Yeah, it's great to participate. And I'm sure that you're great with the kids and you make them feel wonderful all for showing up. But really, if kids don't have that sense of, hey, there's a trophy for me to to uh, earn that nobody else is going to earn, we kind of lose that sense of, I better develop myself individually. Absolutely. I, I was a hothead growing up, and this has absolutely made me look at the big picture, calm me down, and really focused on my own development. And I, that's the same for the kids. You know, no, no matter what, even if I were that kind of person to give out you know, trophies to, to even the to participation trophies and all of that. Every child understands that they got choked out. You know, right. every every <laughs> child understands that they were like sat on top of for five minutes straight and couldn't get up. Right. And they know that every time they come in the gym and that camaraderie and you, you especially see it amongst the boys is same age boys. It's, oh, that, that guy's getting better. That guy's 
choking me out. Okay, I'm going to start coming. I'm going to do some private lessons. I'm going to come to every class. I'm going to come on Saturdays. And then you'll see you'll see them eventually trying to one up each other, one up each other. And and that's what I absolutely love. And that that's what's important. And you can see the other people that are getting that are the same level as you. And if they're getting better, that's because you're not progressing as fast. And that's that's all right. But it's also a, a kick in the pants that that you need to really start training and see. And, and for, our, for our listeners, I really wanted to emphasize, I mean, it sounds pretty cool from a guy's point of view, you know what I mean, as you're telling me that. I think it sounds like you start learning respect for yourself and for the other person. Like, hey, mad respect. If you if you choked me out and hold me down uh, for five minutes, I got to respect that. Now, for our listeners and our parents out there, I want them to understand something. When you say somebody's choking you out, are your kids getting hurt? Are they choking? Are they are they losing air? Are they What's going on there? Or what really, how do you handle that? Because you know, things can kind of get out of hand. Like you said, if, if you're coming from different different disciplines, different temperaments, different kids, they are learning the discipline, but do they ever get out of hand? Are there people who really get hurt? Or how does the gym handle that? Because I'm assuming that that goes into the equation. We have never had a big injury. We've never had anything that's lasting, anything that a little bit of ice can't handle or a Band-Aid. That, that's something really cool about what we do is mixed martial arts. We've kind of tested it over all of our tournaments and all of our championship fights and all of that. And we've compared it to other sports and cheerleading is more dangerous. Football is definitely more dangerous. Of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty much. We, we are like mid-level, like I say, right, right a little bit more above curling in, in danger level. <laughs> uh, because <laughs> Just like in golf. It's because we have uh, such attentive staff. And I think that's the main part of it. Um, I mean, I don't let kids. Right? We got to be realistic. If they're going to spar, you might there might be some contact. Some kids might get hurt a little bit. We want to be realistic about that. But in the process, if that happens, the, the sparring is stopped. What what happens if, if that were to occur? Absolutely. So in competition, and especially at my gym as well, if kids are sparring, we're right there. All right, we're within hand distance. If you ever watch like a boxing fight, the referee's right there. Mm-hmm. That's exactly how we do it. And we have no head contact, so any hard punches that happen, it's just going to uh, take the take the wind out. If something really, somebody throws a really hard punch, it's going to take take the wind out, but it's not going to hurt them for a long time. Yeah, and I'm assuming you know you you put them at their same uh, skill level set and whatnot, um, so that absolutely. Way- um, and, and one of the interesting things is, would what if a kid were to say, gosh, I don't want to spar. I just want to practice these moves and have them maybe just kind of do practice light sparring. Is that allowed? Yes. So we don't actually let the kids spar until about two or three months okay. into their training. So they are, you know, what we call focus sparring. So kind of like, put, like it, punching in the air at each other. So that way they learn control and, and the techniques themselves before they start getting into the actual contact part of it. So very well prepared. You know, it sounds like it sounds like you got all the steps covered. I love that. Again, this is North Orange County Martial Arts uh, in in uh, Placentia. Uh, so if anybody's interested, you can go on their website. Uh, you can uh, uh, well, I'll have the information on our website on, on our podcast here today so that anybody can join. Um, one of the interesting things, you know, it always reminds me in our modern day society, people are very hesitant about talking about fighting or anything like that. But we got to remember that sometimes it's not about fighting. It's about self-defense, right? Which means that in our modern day society, we're going to be attacked and we have to know how to defend ourselves. And if we've never been in a situation where we've had to defend ourselves, it, it might be really jarring or scary uh, 
to have to do that, shall we say, in real life. I think this is a great way to be in a practice mode where we're preparing for any situation that hopefully never comes up in real life. You know, I know that parents uh, probably have their, you know, back in the 80s, we watched The Karate Kid. And I remember one time Mr. Miyagi asked uh, uh, Daniel and he said, you know, why do you want to learn karate? And at first, you know, he was about fighting all the, uh, the bullies that were after him. But he really came to this realization. He said, I'm learning karate so I don't have to fight. Does that make sense to you? Absolutely. And that that fits exactly with my, my childhood. I was such a hothead and I would go off and I would get in people's faces when, when I uh, before I got into martial arts. But the more I learned, the, the more comfortable I got in dangerous situations or with people yelling at me. I have never gotten in a, in a fight since I started martial arts. So I've been wow. doing it since I was 11 and I've never gotten in a real fight just because I understand what the situation is a lot better and how to get myself out of a situation. And there's no pride there for me because for the most part, I know that if, if you need to, to blows, you defend I know yourself. what to do. So that's, and that's the beauty of the discipline, right? You, you learn to discipline yourself to the point where you say, I don't have to fight because otherwise it would turn out ugly for the other person. Well, more about this when we come back from the break. All right. Well, welcome back to Virgin Most Powerful Radio. You are listening to the Dr. Luis Sandoval Show on this Thursday afternoon. Uh, hopefully you're enjoying our talk. We have been talking to a good friend of mine, Cameron Brewer. You know, this is a guy who I met at Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Church, one of our Eastern rites in our Catholic faith, in full communion with Rome. Um, and remember, there are 24 rites of the Catholic faith, the Roman rite or the Latin rite, as we call it, being the biggest, and but one of 24. Um, and I happen to enjoy going to the Byzantine liturgy, where we celebrate the liturgy of St. John Chrysostom. I also still go to the Roman rite. My kids go to the Roman rite. But I met Cameron there, and we met there because we serve at uh, during the liturgy. And so we're altar servers there. And I think that one of the things about being an altar server there <clears throat> is that you really learn, if you didn't grow up with it, I mean, I, I grew up in the Roman, right? So you really learn a whole different way of serving. Um, that's really pretty cool. You know, a whole lot of incense, um, a whole lot of different prayers, different cues, and you really have to be on cue uh, and pay attention to the next part of liturgy because it's nonstop. You know, in the Roman, right, we, we have our opening prayer and we kind of stop and we do our readings and we kind of stop. And then over here, it's just like, it's nonstop. You got to keep going and you got to keep a sharp mind. You got to know what's coming next. And I see that um guys kind of as a metaphor as our catholic faith as we're talking here with cameron about how do we fight for our catholic faith what do we do um and how do we actually marry the idea of any kind of what society might consider violence uh versus what we call martial arts or a, a form of self-defense how do we marry that to our faith one of the things that i think about that i always think about is i look at the bible and there was never a time where there wasn't some kind of fighting Right. What do you think about that, Cameron? How do you what do you, how do you marry? Because I have questions for you on that. But when if somebody asks you, man, you're Catholic, you're you're faith filled, aren't you supposed to be all about peace and joy and love? How do you even incorporate martial arts or anything that sounds violent into your Catholic faith? Absolutely. Well, we have to understand that you know throughout throughout history, Catholics, Christians, even in the Old Testament, uh, the Jews, they had a constant understanding of violence of holy uh, of holy violence and of holy uh, reactions so as long as we are understanding you know the self-defense aspects uh, of how to take 
our training and our self-defense and, and apply that with Christian virtue, that is the marrying uh, of it all. Uh, I, I like to, I always like to say is, you know, wrestling or martial arts is the only uh, sport endorsed uh, by God himself <laughs> uh, because uh, in, in Genesis, Jacob uh, fought with either God or the angels, however you want to interpret that. It, Jacob fought with either God or, or one of his angels and wrestled them all night long. And they had a wrestling match and the angel popped Jacob's hip out of socket. I pro- probably understand which uh, which move he was using to do that. <laughs> and uh, And that is something that he did with God and God blessed him after that god blessed him after a wrestling match so i i'd say martial arts 100 endorsed by god you know it's funny we didn't talk about this before but i was just going to ask you about that because i was going to tell you one of my favorite passages in the bible is when jacob wrestles the angel and obviously there there's interesting because what we look at and what we talk about in our catholic faith and as catholics and especially if we're trying to teach our children the right way to grow up if we're trying to to teach ourselves we always talk about the big temptations are the devil the world and ourselves right? So the flesh, the devil, and the world. And I think there's a different battle with each of those. There's a certain violence that happens because we're being attacked in a way, right? This is not that we're looking for a fight. The fight's already there. And sometimes we don't even want to realize it, but I think that the fight's already there. And if we haven't learned a type of discipline or we haven't learned a way to fight back, what do we do when all of a sudden temptation shows up? I think temptation is a form of violence. What do you think? Absolutely. Absolutely. The, the biggest step to my faith, the biggest step that I took and a lot of my, my, my friends took was understanding that not only are we dealing with our own passions and everything that we have to deal with and that burden, but we have to understand that people and demons are out there in the world. They are act, acting against us and they are changing our culture. They're trying to change the entire world to make life more difficult and it's a constant battle it's a constant war and you have to be aware and you have to train to fight against that and if you're not doing it they are definitely are yeah i mean and i want to break this down one by one because that's, that's a really really good point so you know we say the the flesh the world and the devil so if we start the battles i want to see how martial arts how our listeners can appreciate how martial arts can actually help us in each of these disciplines, because it sounds, you know, just, I love having you on the show because just like you said, I've learned so many different disciplines. I learned, you know, Muay Thai, I learned uh, Jiu Jitsu, I learned karate, you know, all these things. I think just like you said, right now, when people look at mixed martial arts, everybody's just trying to put a lump of these into one and call it mixed martial arts. And you're saying, no, each of these is a pure discipline, but they're tools that you need to have depending on what situation comes up. And I think mm-hmm. that that's one of the things that we forget. We just see the word temptation in our Catholic faith or we just, and we just throw it out there and we just, and we stop, we fail sometimes, uh, not because of any fault of our own, but just the way our, our minds are, the way we've been taught. We forget to stop and ask ourselves, wait a minute, is this temptation, is this battle I'm having, is it the, is it the flesh? Is it the world or is it the devil? What am I fighting here? Because I think I need a different tool to fight each one. And I think learning the different martial arts tools and learning that discipline will actually translate into developing our spiritual life because you are learning something physical, but you're learning something mental. So we've got the physical and the mental all wrapped into one, very obviously in the martial arts world. But I think that people forget that there is a very big spiritual component to it. Absolutely. Uh, St. John Chrysostom said, as when speaking about the church, is the church should be a place where uh, the afflicted are comforted and the comfortable are afflicted. 
And I, I think that relates that to again. the gym. Say that, that again. That is deep. Say that again. What did St. John Chrysostom say? Yeah. So in relation to the church, the, it should be a place where the afflicted, afflicted are comfortable and the comfortable are afflicted. I love so, that. I love that. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I interrupted you. Yeah. And, and that's the same way I view the church. Or that's the same way you view the domestic church, right? The house and the gym as well. It is a place where, you know, if you're having a tough time, if you're ha if you don't know what to do, you train yourself at the gym or at the house or at the church. And then if you get too comfortable, the, the gym will kind of nip you in the bud right there and, and tell you when you need to get back into it. And if you're, you know, if you lose a couple of your, your jiu-jitsu matches or whatever, and that's something that, that really pushes you to continue forward. So both ways you need to be training against your temptations and against yourself because you can get too comfortable in jujitsu. I've done it a few times uh, where you're, you're closer to the higher belts and uh, nobody can really touch you. And then somebody almost does. And then you like, okay, well, time to start training again. Start, And that's part of the in a way that the, the pain and the beauty of temptation itself, it's that's our yeah. little bell that, that tells us. No, absolutely. I mean, and, and that's where I think, you know, when we think about this and I see, how's this going to help me in my spiritual life? Well, if I'm going to talk about first, you know, the first discipline would be conquer the, the conquering of the self, right? So, and that's really what we're trying to do when, when we go to prayer, when we go to church, I, I see such a big parallel, like you were saying, you know, if I'm out there and, and I'm in a, in a fight or if I'm in a match, I can only blame myself. The coach has told me so much, but I can only blame myself if I lose, if I did, or I can praise myself either way. If I did really well, wow, it's because I put the time into it. I learned that move. Um, sometimes we could say, hey, I got lucky, whatever it is. But I, knew, I if I'm in that battle, I got to know something. I have to have trained to, in, to a certain extent. I think spiritually it's the same way. If we learn that discipline in martial arts, we can apply it when I go to church. You know what? It's not always easy to focus on the prayers. It's not always easy to focus on, you know, to not have our mind wander or things like that. But that's part of our battle. My battle right now is I got to force myself and discipline myself to say, this is what's important at this moment. This is my battle right now is to be able to get these prayers in, to be able to build myself spiritually so that when I am out in the world, gosh, I want to steal that candy bar. I want to, I want to, you know, uh, see that website. I probably shouldn't see. I want to tell that joke. I'm not going to be pretty. I want to gossip a little bit we're having those battles and we might not even realize it if we haven't even disciplined ourselves to begin with to say, Hey, this is what I got to do. I got to practice this. I think that as I'm training for martial arts, as I'm learning the moves as I'm seeing myself get stronger before I even match anybody else, this is just me and the bag, me in the, in the gym, me in the training. So that when something does come up, Hey, did I train myself or not in the spiritual world? Have, has that helped you? Have you noticed that? Oh, absolutely. And, it, and it's it, very interesting how often, both of them align. Whenever you, whenever I get booked for an MMA fight, right, for a cage fight, I do a couple things, right? I go train. I, I plan out my days. I plan out my training schedules. I fast, right? I have to cut weight, so I so you reduce my fast. food intake a lot. Yes, absolutely, and I and and a lot more relates exactly to temptation and to a spiritual battle, right? I fast to lose some weight, to get ready for a fight, but it also focuses my mind. And it's the same thing in, uh, in our prayer life, right? Fasting, abstinence, all of that refines the body, refines your mind to be ready for the next battle. And while we don't have to cut weight uh, for prayer, our prayer life, the 
fundamental understanding is still there. You know, and it's interesting you say that because I think in a way we kind of do cut weight, but in a different way, we cut spiritual weight. And I think sometimes cutting the spiritual weight is like, as I am fasting, I mean, it's, it, that's really cool what you're saying. Because as I am fasting, I think I'm cutting weight on like pride or I'm cutting weight on, you know, vainglory or I'm cutting weight on, on different things because I'm focusing on the fast. I'm focusing on that, on that internal flesh battle and it's helping me to realize these other things aren't as important. I got to, I got to push that aside or I'm not going to be ready for this match. Oh, absolutely. Right. Yeah. That's pretty cool. And so, and that's when we battle ourselves. That's what, that's, that's the, the battle for ourselves. I learned that discipline so that when I am in prayer, so that when I am tempted to be um, prideful, so that when I lack humility, I can realign myself and get, and gain that focus. I think that that's really cool. So that's the self. Let's go to the discipline of the world. So martial arts is going to help me discipline myself. How's it going to help me against the world? What do you see happening in the world right now? Um, besides just being bullied, but just in general, how does this help me? What, learning these skills, learning, learning this, this physical discipline, mental discipline, what does it do for the, for the social aspect of the world? Absolutely. Well, I go to Cal State Fullerton, uh, secular campus, you know, secular professors. It's in the heart of Orange County. So we have uh, a lot of students uh, in our persuasion, but... As always, every every college is uh, absolutely infested with with people who are not just agnostic, but who are actively against God. And we can talk about this a little bit more. But being able to win in a fight and being able uh, the confidence in self defense has also given me the same self defense uh, self defense mindset when it comes to apologetics and defending my faith against the professors we're definitely you know coming up on the break we're going to hear more about this very important on the other side of the break how do we fight in society more when we come back all right welcome back to virgin most powerful radio you're listening to the dr louis sandoval show I'm your host, Dr. Luis Sandoval. Always happy to have you here in the clinic. Um, today, we are talking about, for the new year, how do we beef up our Catholic fight? How do we fight for our faith? We're going to find ourselves in different situations where we're fighting for our faith. You know, we talk about the, the flesh, the world, and the devil. We In our last segment, if you were listening in, uh, we talked about how do we, how does, uh, how does that fight begin? How do we, how are we able to uh, fight the flesh? Uh, we're talk- currently talking about how to fight the world, and we're doing this from the perspective of martial arts. How is it that the martial arts can help discipline our minds and help us understand that a fight is not always about us trying to be bullies, but sometimes about us trying to defend ourselves? We have ourselves the Catholic kickboxer, Cameron Brewer, here with us today, and he's in the middle of telling us something very important. For those parents out there, for everybody in our society out there, this is where the, this is where the biggest battle that I think we see is. And then we're going to talk about the devil, of course, because that's the the battle we don't see. That's why we call it the occult. Um, but in the battle we see in society today, Cameron, you are currently in college. I think that that is the biggest battleground, uh, believe it or not, because that's where our minds are shaped. That's where we. Uh, I remember when I was back in college, back in the day, a long time ago. But that's when we start getting these big ideas, right? That's where we want to save the world. That's where we want. And based on the professors we have, based on the topics that are covered in class, but more importantly, based on how they're presented is what we incorporate into our hearts. You said you're currently going to Cal State Fullerton. What is it that you see happening at Cal State Fullerton? Your experience as a Catholic coming in with hope, hoping to have these virtues. What's your take on this right now? Absolutely. Well, What's interesting is when I was a uh, freshman, we actually had uh, professors assault, assault some of our conservative students. 
and well by assault you mean physically assault or verbally assault physically like strike uh some of our conservative students who were holding a uh, trump rally wow at the college and uh it was a very like violent time that was going on there was a lot of uh, antifa presence there was a lot of uh a lot of disruptors and people operating and activating themselves on the campus and it was a really difficult time but pressure is something that i learned from doing jujitsu you know if you have like some 300 pounds (laughs) muscly man six foot five guy on you trying to like sit on you and punch you and trying to choke you out you kind of get adapted to pressure outside pressures and and a lot of that stuff keeps your anxieties down you know once you get past that initial squirmy freaking out motions then you kind of understand that okay well this is what's going to happen i i just got to I got to react accordingly. And then if I do the right thing, I'm going to get out. I'm going to get on top. And that's the same idea that I, I bring into my classrooms. I, uh, a lot of the times I would get mocked. I was in psychology, no offense. Uh, I was in my, my <laughs> psychology classes and the professors there were absolutely brutal to me. Uh, and why, give me, give me an example. Like what would you say, or, or what was the scenario where, why would they get upset or why were they brutal? What, what was the topic being discussed? Um, anytime, uh, we discussed, um, been a while since I took the psychology, but, uh, anytime a lot of this stuff would come up, um, they would kind of mock, I would always be raising my hand and I would be asking questions about, you know, oh, so wait, why, why are we following that this understanding especially when it regards to sex and gender and all of sure, that, sure, sure. And I, I asked these questions and they, they like one of them actually started to re- referring to me as like the resident Catholic. He's like, oh, let's see what the resident Catholic has to say about this. So interesting. That, that's an interesting point you make, because imagine you're sitting there in class and right now it's very uh, trendy with really no scientific basis to say, well, there's more than two genders, this and that. And if all of a sudden you bring up even just science from a scientific perspective. Well, please explain to me, teach me because I'm here to learn. Teach me how there are more than two genders. And they get stumped because there's no way to teach that. It, it's just impossible. Um, you know, the idea might, the theory might sound great, but in reality, that's not the case. All of a sudden, that's an interesting point. You make society's going to point you out, highlight you, put the limelight on you and call you out for being Catholic. And you're going to be the only one called out in the room. That's pressure right there. That's that 300 guy wrestling you down and holding you down. And you're like, okay, I got the spotlight. The whole room's looking at me. I'm already the bad guy just because I asked a question. And because it's attached to my Catholic faith, now I'm being attacked. How do I fight in that situation? What did you learn from that pressure in that particular situation? What do you do? Well, honestly, I learned uh, to not back down. From that specific from that specific time, it I was really involved in uh, St. Paul Street Evangelization, and I was doing that on campus as well. And what happened was from that classroom, I had someone come up to me and ask me if I was the same person in the classroom as I was handing out rosaries and he told me like he likes what i'm saying he he grew up mormon but he he respects like what i'm doing and all of that stuff and he actually asked me if if i'd be interested and eventually after a couple of years we actually baptized confirmed and was his sponsor 
into the Catholic Church. Wow, no way, see? And so this is something very important for our listeners. Sometimes we think we're suffering in silence, but sometimes just by speaking out and being that this is the way God's going to use us, being that one person who speaks out and who's handling that pressure and who's being, you know, got that elbow from that 300 pound gorilla, somebody else is going to see that. And they're going to see, are you putting up that battle or not? Are you fighting back or not? Because if I've got that guy on me, I better tense up my muscles. I better keep some kind of a form. I better fight back. Even if it doesn't seem like I'm fighting back, but even if I just hold my position quietly, painfully, hold that position, hold that position. All of a sudden somebody else is going to see that. And they're not going to be as impressed with a 300 pound gorilla. They're going to be more impressed with what kind of fight is in this guy that he's willing to resist this amount of pressure. I think you feel that same in the classroom. I think we feel that in the workplace. I think we feel that in different places where all of a sudden, you know, you're being attacked, you're singled out, the limelight is on you. You keep that form, you keep that, even if it hurts, you know, as you keep going, people are going to see that. And all of a sudden you get people coming up who might not have that strength just yet, but you're inspiring them little by little to say, Hey, I kind of want to follow that guy, but I'm afraid to say that. What do you think? Absolutely. It's of course we, we always see God is, is the one watching us. You know, that's, that's the main one that we are watching out for. And, and when nobody else is there, God's watching and he's always there for us, but our actions do affect the world. And that's how we should also be understanding our, our actions. We need to pursue strength, pursue our position and and we don't have to be boisterous about it we don't have to be like some of these preachers on, on campus they're shouting at people they're yelling at people i've never done that i have literally just stood my position gave people or asked questions the socratic method all of that ask questions and people are still getting angry at me but <laughs> i can understand that you know all, all i'm doing is in self-defense everything that i'm doing is beneficial to Jesus Christ and beneficial. And people understand that, people see that, and we have been developing a really good Catholic program on the, on the campus, a really big conservative uh, platform on the campus. And we're actually one of the strongest in um, South OC, like Cal State Fullerton has hosted so many big events uh, just because of that resolve that we've been forming as a, as a group. You know, and that is so cool to hear because that, that's a really good point you make. You know, if I just go through life being Catholic, I'm already in the battle. There's, there's a fight and I got to know how to fight. And I, I got to know if I've never been in that situation where somebody wanted to spar with me, uh, even in practice, you know, or, if, or I've had somebody lean on me or if I've never experienced that in a, you know, in a weird way, it's, it, people might not understand it. But if I haven't experienced that physically, then I haven't experienced it mentally. And really the world is a big mental, mental battleground, right? The physical part is us and our temptations. I can move my body. I can change positions. I can do different things, even like, uh, um, you know, St. Benedict who threw himself in, in a bushel of thorns and took off his clothes to fight off temptations. And he was fighting that bat the bodily battle in society. We're fighting that mental battle where somebody's going to say something. I got to hold my mental position. I got to hold my mental Catholic position, but tell me this, you know, so many different topics are coming up in society, whether it be because it's a political battle currently, because there's battles about health currently, because there's battles about quarantines currently, because there's battles about, you know, gender ideologies and things like that. It put, brings us into our third topic. How do we fight? How do we learn how to fight the spiritual battle? Because where is all this coming from? Why so much conflict? What do you think? Well, what I bring my students, whenever they're getting ready for a fight, I, I was really big on this was uh, sports psychology and all and visualization. Visualization is a big key to a lot of my students' victories and, and they're staying calm under pressure. 
we have uh, what I do is I put my students through probably three days pre post fight or pre fight of every position that they think they're going to be in every winning and losing position they're in and uh, and imagining every single part of the fight and how they would react to each one and all of it ending in a tangible physical victory where they are imagining that gold medal or that belt being placed around their their waist and that is such a big part to having confidence and having faith that you can do this that you can win that you can react in a way that will work and it's the same way in the spiritual battle it you have to visualize you have to understand the attacks of the enemy like what, what's he going to throw at you right a right cross left hook and how you would react in that situation that's a great point to make because a lot of times people uh you know we fall into the in the into the errors of either focusing too much on the diabolical or focusing not enough on the diabolical and i think you bring up a good point again this is where that prudence that virtue that discipline comes in from martial arts is be realistic about what positions you're going to be in. Don't think that everything is a diabolic temptation and don't think that there is no diabolic temptation. Just realize that it might come up. Don't be afraid of it. But if you haven't put yourself spiritually there, if you haven't prayed about it, if you haven't meditated on it, if you haven't had that battle yet, then when it does come up, you're not going to be ready. I think we, I think you bring up such a good point to our listeners. I want to say, you know, when you're worried about the diabolical, this is why it's important to assist like the conference we're having on spiritual warfare coming up end of January, the last weekend of January in uh, uh, Pomona at St. Uh, Joseph Church. Uh, you know, those conferences, I tell a lot of people, don't go there to get spooked. Don't go there to learn about all these things just because you're curious. Go there because it's going to help you to visualize that battle. You know, go there. And don't focus on it every day. Kind of forget about it a little bit, but you have it in your toolbox so that if you do feel like you're having a spiritual attack by demons, by dark side, by whatever you want to call it, you've been in that battle, you've pictured it, and then you can win. How would you approach that? The rosary. Absolutely, the rosary. Um, I, I also use my my chutki. I do the Lord's Prayer a lot. And and all of that is is a real big component to your visualization and, and repetition, repetition, uh, in your prayer life and adding that into gui guided understanding of um, where you understand your week and how to resolve that. You know, if you understand where your temptations are going to lie, where you are not prepared, then you can actively make you can you can work towards avoiding those situations and and fighting against them. Cameron, I could fight. not have said that better. You know, thank you so much for being on our show today. We're here at the tail end. But that's a great point to make. When we do the repetition, when we do the meditation, that's building us up spiritually. We're actually learning where our strengths and weaknesses are if we open our hearts to God. He's actually teaching us. We forget that God is working with us in that moment. And as we pray, we're going to have that spiritual battle so that we can see what other people might not see in the battle of the occult. Go to our podcast. I put down all the information for uh, Cameron's studio there and until next week we'll see you back here at the clinic thank you cameron we will definitely thank have you. you on the show again